TC Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with TC Hale. Show 100. Oh gosh. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's show wait. 100. Who cares what he does? Yeah. Uh, this is the show we've been talking about for, I don't know, it's a week the, or so now. It's the 100th show. It's the 100th show. That's why we call it Show 100. Yeah, and today we're giving away a prize. And But before I forget that, let's not forget Hottie Patati Wilschmidt, uh-huh. who made a funny pun a while ago. and Didn't was, even know it. He didn't even know it, yeah. but he's pretty, so it doesn't matter. He's usually pun-free. That's why I probably threw him uh-huh. off. I do. I have a couple of clients who I train together who only talk in puns. Oh, wow. That it's would be amazing. A a <laughs> <laughs> it's so painful. Yeah. All right, so today is that day that we said if you put in one of our, you know, you gave us a good review or a bad review, any kind of review, we're going to put your name in a bowl, we're going to draw it at random, and somebody's going to get a $100 gift certificate to Amazon? It's a gift card to Amazon. But there's also lots of other prizes. We'll go through them one by one, and we're going to pick them out of a bowl, and we also put some entries in there that didn't leave a review. So if we pick one of those, we'll just throw it away. Why do we pick those? Well, we just Put let them because the... you, you can't require people to leave a review in order to enter a contest. So, But I thought that, that was the, sh- the choir requirements. No, you can't legally do that. Oh, so did you, you put gotta... my name in the bowl? Really? No, your name is not in the bowl. Oh. Your name is in a different bowl. <laughs> in the toilet bowl. <laughs> in the toilet bowl. Okay. Um, so yeah. that's what we're going to do. And then today's topic, holy mackerel. Uh, everybody's really passionate about this vaccines. I mean, people are going. Jim Carrey's been calling us all morning. Oh man, just right. going off. He wanted to be on the show, and we're like, Jim, we don't have Sorry, time. Sorry, we, we don't, don't have, have time. time for it. Yeah, yeah, so. this is a hot topic, right? Yeah. And, and the people, you know, when you talk about vaccines with somebody, it's almost like they immediately start cussing at you, no matter which side yeah. of the fence the they're face. on. It's true. It's like don't talk about Jesus, politics, or vaccines. Yeah, that's yeah, I, yeah. As I try to stay away from all those, but today. We're going to cover all of those things. Yes. <laughs> Starting with Jesus. <laughs> I brought my Bible. So, uh, so let's do some prizes. So first, uh, we're going to, we'll go each by prize. So first, we're going to give away a copy of our, I mean, a, a, a tub of our protein powder. Awesome. Nice. What's it and called, Will we'll- Schmidt? Natural Selection Nutritionals Complete Protein. And the thing about this protein is that it's amazing. It is amazing. That's all there is to it. It's so true. when you win it for free... It's double amazing. Wow. Because then it's awesome and, and free. free. Okay, so we're going to pick a name out of the, uh, out of the bowl. I'm going to have Nina pick the first one. And then we'll... I want to say more about what's so great about it, though. So yeah. it's, um, it's made of uh, like possibly the healthiest form of protein that it, for humans, at least, call a grass-fed collagen and an organic whole egg, plus all of our other favorite digestive supports like digestive enzymes, beet flow, uh, there's selenium. There's a particular very powerful probiotic in there. There's an organic vitamin, a whole food source of vitamin C. All like the fundamental nutrition that we see is pretty much appropriate for any human. And there's some deliciousness in there too. Yeah, stevia flavor with natural berry extract. So the winner gets all that together in one convenient. Container. So we picked nice. one. Nina picked one. I don't think we understand what's. Someone's about to win an actual prize. We give yeah, away a lot of. Yeah. We give away a lot of fake ponies and entertainment yeah, centers. This is a real okay, one. W- Will's virginity. Uh huh. Oh. All right. So who won? Who won the tub of protein? <laughs> okay. Naturally awesome. Yeah. Five stars by Nikki L. Nikki L, you won. Where's she, where she from? She says. Oh, she doesn't say where she's oh, from. Oh well, I guess we can't send we it to can't her. I'll just send eat it, it myself. To you. We don't know how to get it to you, but you've got it coming. If somebody hears this and knows Nikki L. Uh, this show not only dives into natural health solutions, but the hosts have fun doing it. We really don't. We just ask. No, it's just really a chore. Sometimes we approach health in such a serious manner, but this show is both educational and entertaining thanks to Kenna. Oh, I just added what? that last one. <laughs> Great job, Kenna. I mean, people, guys, girls. All right, so when we call your name, uh, go to kickitnaturally.com, click on Contact Us, and then say, hey, we got it. Because a lot of you that entered by the thing, we have all your info. But for those who may have left this review a while ago or something, we may not have it. Okay, so 
Next up. And if you don't claim your prize in 30 days, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so here comes another winner. And, oh, this uh, is a big this one. This one is going to win a copy of my book, Kick Menstrual Cramps in the Nuts, but it's signed by Jane Lynch, by actual Jane Lynch. Cool. It's kind of awesome. Awesome. Uh, what if it's a guy? Uh, he, he's going to be a big, he's going to uh, make his girlfriend very happy. I have the stutter. Okay, Fit Chick. Oh, perfect. Jam-packed with great new information. I've read every book by T.C. Hill. She's already read your book. Aww. She doesn't need it. <laughs> I love waste. his comedic delivery and the solid information that he provides. His shows are just as great, which is why I try to tune in every chance I get. I have incorporated so many things into my life from his books and shows. Really has made a difference in my life and the lives of people around me since I'm constantly sharing what I've learned and continue to learn, and people hate me for it. Oh, I added that last part, too. <laughs> But this sounds check. like it's like all about Tony. Right, well, and Will's. everything's all about Tony, yeah, except yeah. this next part is all about Will Wolfgang oh, Hottie Batati Schmidt. Okay. Because the next winner is going to win a Skype session with Will where he's going to magically fix every problem that you've had. <laughs> he's going to redesign your hairstyle. And he's going to look good doing it. Uh-huh. And he's going to meet try. your parents. Yeah, okay. No, what it really is, is a free Skype exercise therapy session. So... For years and years, I worked just as an exercise therapist doing like basically think of like a customized yoga routine to fix your personal postural imbalances. Just like how we always talk about uh, a bio-individual approach to nutrition. This is like a bio-individual approach to exercise and alignment that I learned cool. how to do. So the last prize was a book that was worth, you know, like 12 bucks. Yeah. yeah. This one's worth a little bit more than yeah. 12 bucks. Usually 250 is like what we used to Dang. charge. So whoever wins, win it up. A Escape session with that. Gem of a prize. And it goes to Dim Sum Kitty. Awesome. <laughs> That's a good screen name. <laughs> Sounds hot. <laughs> Must listen to show. Kick your fat flat. Oh, flab and toxin. Exclamation point was there. That's the heading. That was the heading. Get your audio fit style shot in the mind to inspire your natural, healthful life. Who doesn't need periodic or ongoing inspiration to up level their healthful, nutritious lifestyle? Listening to this show is like listening to your healthier, more knowledgeable BFF. That bestie who isn't interested in excuses, but only research and results. I have the tighter bum to prove it. Seriously, I'm glad we have a Skype session coming up. Right? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to investigate the tighter um, bum. So yeah, dim some kitty. Write in and claim your prize. Awesome. We can do a Skype on session. On the Skype session, I'm going to need you to de-robe yeah, so I can see where the areas Just to see the help. alignment of the... Yeah. Posture. Okay, so we got one more. This is a $100 Amazon gift card. Oh, jeez. Real oh, prizes. Geez. So I just picked it. Let's see what Kenneth says. Who is uh, going to win it? Who's going to win it? Just getting started, but excited. Five stars by DFS for him. DFS for him. You won $100. I think... Uh, this is the book I have been looking for. I have, I, I've had digestive problems all my life. I look forward to seeing what happens. I'll let you know. Well, well you're going to get $100 worth of whatever yeah, you like. Yeah, you can let us know by sending us a $100 prize off of Amazon. Yeah. Okay, so that was kind of fun. So we'll keep this bowl. And if you guys, you know, anybody else who wants to uh, leave us a review on iTunes... We'll add you to this bowl, too. And then periodically, we'll do some prizes. We'll just give Free away ponies. stuff. Oh, yeah. who wins to help us move? Oh, the so, office. yeah, we're moving to a new studio, an <laughs> office. And so now this next person wins coming to help us move. <laughs> they can Let's finish say. painting. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and then, you know, you can give them some free, knowledgeable, nutritious information. City Slicker 2, you win helping yeah, us move. Yeah, we'll okay. find you. I'm sorry. Bring your City truck. Slicker 2, I'm going to put truck. you back in the bowl so you don't really have to win that one. Okay, so now we have to do uh, the show. So this is uh, people winning stuff is fun, but now we got to cover this topic that everybody's been begging us to cover forever. Yeah, and if you haven't liked us on Facebook yet, I don't know what the holdup is, but come on, that's so 2011. Uh-huh. Uh, go on and go to Kick It in the Nuts. That's where we post all of our future show topics, and you guys can post questions you want us to cover in the show, and then we'll cover it. Or you can even like give us a topic for a show, because we're running out, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. So, with vaccines, um, you know, one thing that, first of all, I want to say is that this is not something that we know as much about, like we do digestion, or insomnia, or 
hey, I'm an insane person. You know, we know a lot of stuff about that because not only have we researched a lot, but we have hands-on experience with people that are nuts or that can't sleep or that have digestive issues. And we get to actually see and especially hear from all of you guys, uh, the book readers and everybody, and people who listen to the show who are in the support group and they tell us, hey, I did this and this is what happened. And it's just years and years of us learning all that. And this is something new. Um, but, you know, most of you guys know by now that Sarah and I are expecting a small person. Oh, we should have drawn a name for who gets to babysit Who gets the to the first babysitting person. one? That'll be next yeah. week. We'll yeah. give away a babysitting session uh-huh. uh, for... For our kid that'll probably have the best poop ever. Yeah. Oh, that poop's going to go it's down to the Hall of Fame poop, poop. for sure. Um, but so this has been something that I have started to research a little bit just for because I need to know what's going I on. I think you're speaking a little out of turn here. I've been researching vaccines for the last 25 years. Really? In a laboratory, and I can answer any questions about vaccines that you have. That's very interesting. I don't understand why you're saying these words. <laughs> I don't either. I just I thought it would be funny when I worked it out in my head and it didn't come out that way. But no, I don't know anything about vaccines except that people are very passionate you know, Jim about Carrey, it. Jim Carrey. I know about Jim Carrey because I follow his tweets. Right. But the thing that I think that is very important is that you have to understand that no matter which side, uh, it's kind of like um, low carb or low calorie or ketogenic and all these things. Uh, no matter which topic you decide to start going after, you can go down this rabbit hole and find piles and piles of science that back up whatever you're looking at. And it seems like all of the science is legit. There's all these studies that prove this and they prove that in every direction. And it's the same thing with all the things that we talk about, um, whether it's a type of diet that you're doing um, or whether it's your for vaccines or against vaccines. So one thing that I really wanted to do for this show is I really wanted to try and go down both rabbit holes um, so that I could see the point of views from both people. And I know we'll try to do that a little bit, too. It was harder than I thought. And um, I think by the time that I was done, I was a little less objective than I wanted to be by the end. But I guess we'll figure out where I landed towards by, by part two or so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but I think that if you're having, you know, kids or you're like, do I vaccinate or what's the best thing to do? I mean, isn't it a law? Like, don't you have to? Yeah, I mean, it's different can't you by get state. in trouble? Okay. Yeah, so we're the one of the only loser states that says, how about you don't get to choose? And that's very recent. That's just kind of happened or in the process of even happening. Um and I think Mississippi and West Virginia are the other ones. And soon, like in California, it might even soon be not even for just kids, like adults too. Right. Kind of Why not have no choice of anything yeah. that happens to you? Mm. Um, so when you're trying to figure this stuff out, I think that there's just a few points that you really need to understand. And then we're going to get into some questions. And I think that what you're going to understand is that this really is something where you may not do it all the way one way or the other. You may figure out what's best for you. Um, but man, it, it's just, it's, it's so much information that it's a little bit debilitating, especially when there's so much money involved, uh, with the quote unquote information that you can acquire when you're trying to make the choices of what you're going to do. Um, it, it seems like, most of the people that we're listening to are the people that get paid every time it happens, every time somebody gets vaccinated. So I'm like, well, how much do I want to listen to that? Because we know, um, you know, it's hard. It would be hard to tell us that uh, an, ant- an antacid or a, a PPI is the healthy thing to do when you have acid reflux. It would be it would be hard to get us to believe that, and yet that is the mainstream belief. You know, that's what most people think. Um, that's kind of what we're told. And that's just one example. I mean, think of what are what are other examples that we just know are wrong, but the mainstream looks at it differently. Um, probably things like uh, cholesterol-lowering meds would be one Great thing. One. We might yeah. be like, ah, is that really the best way to go about it? Does it actually fix anything? Estrogen therapy. Great. Maybe, maybe another one. Like, ah, it's scary. Um, 
and potentially thinking about like chemo and that kind of thing also. You know. That's scary, but there's even more basic ones that are more obvious to us too, whether that be, you know, I mean, we see a lot of people that are uh, treating depression in a way that is not optimal and then mm-hmm. they end up treating high blood pressure as well or maybe they're treating high blood pressure and then they end up having to treat depression. And then they shoot up a theater. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, there's a, when I'm looking at, okay, who am I going to believe well, I already know for a fact in my head, I mean, I'm not saying that these are facts, but in my head, through experience from, from what I see working and not working with the hundreds and even thousands of people that we hear from, that it's hard for me just to take anything for face value that's coming from the pharmaceutical or medical world. I know that I'm going to investigate that a lot further no matter what I do. Yeah, and also like looking deeper at medical studies like you just you just talked about like who's funding this study but also even when people have they don't have ulterior motives even still like a lot of times their conclusions are they're not they're not correct you know and they're doing their best but and it, the it's studies me- themselves like the test and the like you are they like all the same type person are they i mean you have to look at every right. single bit of it maybe somebody was 20 years old and completely healthy while the other test subjects were frail and dying or you know what i right. mean just you the just, way the studies are set up yeah. and that so it's not it's not always malicious intent it's not always like right. financial gain sometimes it's just like the way the study was set up you know and, it, and the conclusions that are speculated on and then people that want to capitalize on those speculations can like blow out of proportion what the scientist was saying and then so there's all sorts of confusing stuff and it's not enough to just cite an article that says oh hey vaccines are good or bad or whatever it is and personally like i think when we talk about are like are you pro or anti-vaccine it's to me it's like that's almost a question like are you pro or anti diets right or med- like cuz they're they're not all created equal they're not all aimed at the same things some are much more effective than others some have way more harmful effects some have far less exposure risk so it's not worth getting the vaccine like in america there's like no polio like you don't need a polio vaccine you're not going to catch it right so there's just there's it's not like in my world or in my perspective anyway it's not like a thing it doesn't make sense to be just pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine. It's like you got to look at the individual situation of each shot you're talking about and the population that may or may not need it. You know? But here's one thing that I've seen is that anybody that talks about this topic in any way, if they don't say do every single thing that you're told to do when you're told to do it and make sure you inject every single one of them, if you don't agree with 100% of that, you're anti-vaccine, and that's kind of how they view it, and they, mm. they kind of want to yell at you. So we will be anti-vaccine today because we're not going to say do every single thing no matter what. Um, we're going to look at some other viewpoints. But one thing that's super important to understand is that when you're looking at, okay, what kind of problems are vaccines causing, and do we know if they really are? And Everybody admits, even the CDC, all the people that are promoting vaccines, admit that there are risks with vaccines just like there are risks with any drug. So they know that, and and that seems reasonable even to me, that yeah, there's risks with anything you do, but if there's a benefit, maybe it's worth doing. But the reality is that even the CDC admits on their website that only between 1% and 10% of the injuries, problems, or deaths that come from vaccines are reported at all. Like they know that the reporting of problems is very low because a lot of people don't know or understand that the vaccine is what caused the problem. Um, especially with there's like specific vaccines where they've had like 88,000 uh, or I mean, maybe it was 18,000 or something, but it was, it was thousands of reports of horrible problems that happened from this specific vaccine. And when the government came out to talk about it, they say that every single one of those problems, 18,000, was a coincidence. And that's their answer to that. So when you're looking at those things, you got to say, okay, well, maybe that's not a coincidence. I mean, that's a pretty high coincidence. But in any case, people don't know that vaccines have the ability to cause problems. And that makes sense to us, just like how many people come to us every week that say, 
you know, I've had chronic diarrhea for three years. And we're like, well, well, do you have your gallbladder? No, I had that taken out three years ago. But they have no clue that the lack of bile flow is what's creating that diarrhea. So not understanding that something can be causing a problem is pretty common in, in about 1,500 million different problems that come up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one issue is that a lot of the problems don't get reported enough so that maybe we're not looking at everything accurately. Like, yeah, maybe you blame something on hereditary because you don't know, you know, that your vaccine caused it or this or that or where you live or something that you've been doing because you just don't know how to connect the dots to yeah. what went. I mean, I had that, and as you're talking about, I had like a bunch of vaccines right before I went to India. And that's right when all this crazy, like amorphous body pain started. And there was other things that were going on at the same time. Is that when you were getting the clinches? Yeah. yeah. There was other things that was going on at the same I time. Like, that. like I was getting in through a bunch of like prolotherapy and I had a lot of emotional stress. There was a lot of things. But it could have been from like the four or five vaccines that I had just like a couple of weeks prior. And I'd maybe I didn't connect yeah. the two. And what I feel is that uh, just from my own opinion is I don't feel like vaccines are causing any of these problems. I don't feel like. It's the additives in the vaccines that are causing the problems because you see people that get the vaccines and don't have the problems and you see the people that do have the problems. But what I think it is is that it's a person that is getting the problems is the person who doesn't have the ability to deal with the toxic load that is coming in. Mm -hmm. Like we know that there's a toxic load coming in with every vaccine, whether it's, you know, the, the major ones, you know, the mercury, the aluminum, all of those other uh, additives that are um, used to help preserve or help the vaccine more effective, plus the vaccine itself, plus other viruses that kind of sneak into the vaccine when they're growing it and then they don't even know that are in there. You hear a lot about that. But, um, you know, the body is made to be resilient. It's, it's kind of programmed to do that. It has a lot of different backup systems. But think about... Um, you know, you may be a person that we've heard from who uh, came to us with all these problems of nausea and just weight gain and feeling lousy and no energy. And when you fix something as simple as bile flow so that the body can remove toxins, all of a sudden your whole life turned around. So if your life can turn around when your body all of a sudden can get rid of a little bit of toxins, it makes sense that another person could have a whole bunch of problems come in if a whole bunch of toxins are introduced at once and that person doesn't have the ability or the resiliency to have their body remove enough of those toxins and still function properly. It makes sense. I got all these vaccines as a kid and I started getting fat. See, must have been 100% vaccine's fault. level, you know, I couldn't resist it. I mean, sometimes too, I remember seeing in one of the documentaries I watched in prep for this was... Uh, what was it called? Uh, calling the shots? Yeah, shot in the dark, calling just, shots. It talked about a specific gene that made this individual susceptible to like developing the disease that it was vaccinating for because of his, you know, his genetic code. And whether or not that was actually accurate, it's a possible other factor of why vaccines work for some people and then they they cause a, the disease or a disease in someone else. Well, can't you still get, you can still get stuff. Like people say, oh, I got a flu shot and I've got the flu. Well, you can still get well, here's, things. Here's what's, this is a really important thing that most people don't understand. And it says on the CDC website that only that um, for everybody that's vaccinated, five to 15% of the people that are vaccinated are not immune to that at all. Like it just flat out, doesn't it work doesn't even them. work for those people. And they measure effectiveness, uh, the effectiveness of the vaccine um, by does the dose create antibodies. That's what they call whether the vaccine is effective or not. But just because a person creates antibodies is not even a true definition of immunity or being able to take care of a disease. Uh, there's a lot of peer-reviewed published articles that say that that's not a reliable measure of immunity. So... We know a lot of different reasons that a person, their immune system will not be functioning correctly. We talk about it in our vitamin D episode. We talk about it a lot about when we talk about vitamin C. You know, there's a lot of things that have to happen in a human being for their immunity 
to be able to function correctly. And a lot of them that make them not function correctly are nutritional deficiencies. And so we know that nutritional deficiencies are on the rise for a lot of different reasons. We talk about it on episodes all the time. Digestion's not working correctly, then that's going to create nutritional deficiencies because you can't pull the nutrients out of the food. What else could create a nutritional deficiency? Well, one weird one that a lot of people don't have any idea about is omega-3s can actually suppress your immune response. So there's a, Ray Pete has a great article on immunodeficiency, and he talks about if your tissues are saturated with unsaturated or are saturated with unsaturated fats, <laughs> or like pre- if those are in the way, that can that can cause an immune suppression. Which sometimes people feel better when they start taking omega threes because they stop having their immune response to some toxin or some allergen or something. Interesting, aggregate. yeah. So they're like, oh, I feel so much clearer and better. But really, it's just like, oh, you just paralyze your immune response. So you don't have as much like inflammation and things going on. But that's just like, I don't know, that's like taking something that's, it's like taking a Dayquil or a Nyquil. So you don't feel your cold as right. much, but you still totally have it. You know? Right. And, and you know, thinking even when I was growing up with what I was eating, it was not nutritious. I mean, there was not nutrition in there. So even if you're just eating food that doesn't have nutrition in it, you can create nutrition deficiencies. So we have this situation where vaccinations are on the rise. So that's more of a toxic load for a body to handle. And nutrient density in the food and our ability to pull nutrients out of the food are both decreasing. So when you look at those two factors alone, it starts to make sense why some kids are having either problems or death um, where other kids are fine. Because you look at it like, oh, well, I got the vaccine. I was fine. So what's so there must not be anything to worry about. That must have been a coincidence that somebody else was dealing with the problem. Now shut up and shoot it up. So you can see where the confusion comes from. But when you're, you know, when you look at the numbers, um, oh, well, only this percentage of people have a problem. That's probably not so bad. But when you think about it, like, okay, this is your kid. And now he has an opportunity to have a problem by you making this choice. What is your choice going to be? And that's when I think it's important. What is it? Adoption. Adoption, yeah. You adopt them out <laughs> you and you just, say, somebody just, else deal with just it. Just farm it out. Deal with this ADD child. <laughs> Kenneth's book on parenting. Yeah. Farm it out. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to write that one as well as vaccines made me fat. <laughs> but that's Brilliant. one of the biggest things that, that, people's, that scares people into get, wanting to be getting all of the vaccinations is um, they hear about an outbreak that came from these dirty, unvaccinated kids. Um, and the reality is that when you look at kindergartners, there was only like 1.8% that were exempt and that did not get vaccinated. But when you look at the fact that 5 to 15% of the vaccinated kids are not immune at all, uh, this is the reason that the CDC says that the reality is that most outbreaks start in vaccinated kids, not the unvaccinated mm-hmm. kids. Wow. And they used to have like chicken pox parties. Like they would have yeah. like somebody had chicken pox, so they invite all of them to have slumber parties with each right. other so they all totally. get it at the same time. All right. right, so you get it out of the way. And yeah. I think that's jazzy. You know, why not? Yeah. It's a good time for the kids. I actually <laughs> was just working with a client in Berkeley who had just done that. She's, she's a very holistically minded chiropractor and did that with her kids. Um, but I think we need to also make distinction between things like flu shots where like the flu is like morphine every year so they always have to like just try to do their best to create vaccines for that the most prominent strains and they try to do that versus something like smallpox where it was like that totally worked like that saved thousands of it stopped epidemics and we don't have that issue anymore Mm -hmm. because of vaccinations and that was a very specific strain that they targeted and figured out way back when like thousands of years ago using like cow pies, oh wait like know? when they did it like with yeah, not for, shots or anything right they did it with actual cow pus you know and, and Ew. It, but it worked it's like it it totally cured or prevented people from getting smallpox and they were dying did from you have it. to drink it no they would oh. they would scratch Cut it your, your arm skin. and then oh, like wipe okay. it in there yeah <laughs> and they like way back before they even had i don't know if they even had microscopes at that point yet but they had figured out oh this worked like the shamans of india had 
figured out a way to stop people from getting smallpox. So some of these, I think, are totally legitimate, amazing things that have stopped epidemics. And then other things are much trickier, like with the flu viruses, it's always morphine. And, mm. you know, so they have to keep trying to like re I keep thinking you're saying morphine. Like no, a morphing drip. No, that's that's morphing. changing. Morphing. That's changing. your mind. That's, okay. that's <laughs> down on Kinestry. <laughs> so this is probably my biggest change of opinion is what you just said, because I've always gone with the thought of, okay, I don't think that the actual vaccinations are bad because look at what happened. Look at all the horrible diseases that we had that are gone now. So. The vaccines must not be bad. Maybe it's just the additives, the things that they're using to make them cheaper to produce and so that they can preserve longer and make it easier to distribute. So my, my view has always been that that was the problem. But as I dug deeper into this, I see that, uh, hey, I might have been really wrong about some stuff. And I think that this is the viewpoint that most people have. And it might be flat out wrong. Because when you look at history and you look at uh, the levels of uh, deaths in children by all of these diseases, you can look at the chart in the early 1900s up through, you know, like 1990 and see where the numbers went. And uh, let's see if I can find the exact part here. But um, the mortality rate... This is just in the U.S. from 1990 to 1998. So most of the death rates came way down to almost nothing in like 1940. So they were almost taken care of then. And the diphtheria and uh, whooping cough vaccines were licensed and distributed in 1949. The measles vaccine was introduced in 1963. So they keep taking credit for something that we had already figured out how to stop because we had modernized medicine. We modernized uh, where people were not having starving and all these nutritional deficiencies and all these problems. And a lot of these major illnesses were all but gone. And then the vaccines came in and some of the vaccines even caused more problems that appears like a rise in those uh, things. So that's one thing that's really huge. Another thing that happened is they kind of tweaked the numbers so that the stats kind of looked better. Like polio, they recategorized what polio was. Like there was a, uh, to be um, diagnosed with polio, you had to have these specific symptoms um, for 12 hours. Or if you had them for uh, 30 days, it was a more severe form of, of the polio. So then when the vaccines came out, they changed it to where that same issue with the 12 hours of the symptoms, they changed the name to some kind of meningitis. So then the polio was only tagged with the people who had it for 30 days or longer. So then they show, well, look, the vaccine came out and polio rates really went down. But this meningitis thing went way up because they reclassified it to something else. So when we look at stuff like that, we got to say, okay, maybe it's not as simple as look at what cured these amazing problems, so we might as well keep doing it. We might have to look a little further and say, okay, is this really what's going on or what even what was going on? Yeah, I had heard that too years ago about polio being reclassified. And I do think that that, that happened, just like people with uh, cholesterol, like right. how they reclassified what it means to have high cholesterol by making it lower, and then the drugs were more validated. I do think that there are examples, though, of it working, like with, small, I think so too. Like with yeah. smallpox. Like, that worked. Like, people don't die from that anymore when they get back. Sometimes it would kill someone, but most of the time it totally saved. And a lot of people were dying, too. Yeah, so it was huge. When you, and yeah. I think that that's always what you have to do is you look at a look at the risk-benefit from it. And in that time when we didn't have other ways to deal with those issues, it was the way to deal with it. So you either use it or Uncle Phil is dead and you don't have any relatives left. Yeah. So I think that that is an appropriate thing to do. And how do you argue with what it did? Yeah, no, I mean, but I do think you're right. There's a lot of like like shifting around classifications that makes this thing more like the topic of vaccines 
nuanced. So like you got like it's it's tricky to figure out, and there's a lot of nuances and case by case things with the different diseases that you're dealing with, and the different risk factors that people face. Like if you aren't going to certain regions of the world, you don't. It's bad. Like it's a it's an unnecessary risk to get vaccinated for like malaria if you live in Tennessee. <laughs> you don't need to do that because like, they know there's risks and toxins that can you know, and psych- psychiatric problems that can develop from, like, malaria resistance. But uh, so you don't need it if you're not exposed to it. And and I think that's also really, really helped in clearing out diseases. Maybe it was originally through vaccines. Like, now you don't need to vaccinate against it because it's not anywhere around you. And maybe if you were to go to some high-risk area, then you might consider the shot, which is kind of like what the practice seemed like it had been in a lot of states uh, when I was younger now like litigation's changing like oh no everybody needs to get i've never had a flu shot like i don't want to get one so i think it's i think it's kind of unnecessary in a lot of in a lot of the new policies that they're like forcing on people well i think that the the point that they make is they talk about the herd immunity Mm -hmm. and what that means is that you know there are people that can't get vaccines for medical reasons uh you know maybe their immune system is very uh, not great any you know already um, there's a lot of issues that allow a person to not be able to do that so they say well if as long as everybody else does it now we're reducing the number of people that can catch that disease and spread that disease so it's almost like um, you know be a, be a part of society help us out and make sure that you're not getting it so that's kind of what they're saying is the reason that they want everyone to do it. Um, but, you know, one thing that we look at, especially with the flu shot, is that the effectiveness of the flu shot is not great. It's, it's not a high number. Um, so just because it's being marketed as this uh, amazing thing doesn't mean that it is. So you really got to look at what is the risk benefit of... Let's go to our first question because she kind of talked yeah, about this a little bit. Yeah, we haven't even done a question. Wow. Joanne from Los Angeles, California. My question is, why are there so many vaccines on the schedule now? Are there any that might be better to skip? We were just talking about that. <laughs> yeah. <so>, Malaria. <laughs> um, you know, and look at, I think that each person needs to figure this out for themselves. But when you look at some of the things that are on the schedule and uh, some of the symptoms that come from the problems they're vaccinating for are like a week worth of diarrhea. You know, um, now diarrhea kills people all over the world uh, more than most things, really, because of the, all the nutritional deficiencies that come along with that. But um, f- having it for a week is not going to be this horrible thing like you may be viewing it. So a kid has diarrhea for a few days. Is that really worth the risk of all of these other toxins going into the system when Think about the toxins in the world right now. They're everywhere. We talk a lot of different shows about how you can't avoid all of them. So maybe before when vaccines weren't so problematic, especially when we weren't doing as many of them, it's doubled or tripled uh, by now, um, then that toxic load was a lot smaller. But now we also have all the pollutants, all the plastics that get into our system, um, all these different things that our body has to battle off and we're adding this to that too. So that's where I just think you just need to be a little more selective with what you're looking at and not just like sign me up for all everything you got. Load them up. It's tough though and in, in, in Joanne's in Los Angeles. Like you don't, you're losing your ability to choose in California. Yep. Even if you homeschool, which is used to be like the way out for parents that were really conservative with their kids' health. They're talking about causing that a problem yeah too, right? right your kid just running around out there on vaccine they're like well so it you know if it is a really big issue to you and you're definitely against it by law you might have to leave the state if you're in california and you right. don't want your kids to do that yeah so that's gets tricky death by diarrhea hmm. on a death certificate yeah it's common it, not here in the united states it, but in other other oh, other places okay. Robert, Newberry, Florida. Did vaccines come from a real threat and were they justified at the time? If so, where and when did vaccines go so wrong? I had so many shots in the Air Force. Who knows what they did to me? My records don't even show what they were. 
Yeah, that's kind of scary. Like and those were experimental. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and a lot of them were. You hear about people saying, you know, like even back, back yeah. in the Vietnam War stuff that they were experimenting with things just to see what they did. And who knows what was really going on. I don't see how we would ever know about that. Um, sure, it's in some file somewhere deep underground. Mm-hmm. Right. But, the UFOs go. you know, we did talk a little bit about this. Like, obviously, they were effective at some point, especially some of them. Um, but it seems like where they've gone, where they've gone wrong is that you do see people uh, who are looking at the fact that the, um, the number of deaths from some of these diseases is very small. And, was, and they were very small even before the vaccines came out. But the number of deaths that are coming from the vaccines are now going higher. So I think that's a serious thing that has to be looked at. But it's hard to really get a good grasp on that if not everybody understands that that's what caused the death, mm. especially in infants. Right. Um, you know, SIDS is, a. I think we talk about that later in the somebody else's question but that's kind of a name that says the baby died we don't we don't know why um but so they're not being reported as a vaccination problem and was it a vaccination problem who knows how how would we ever know that uh but when when the reports are coming in from people dying um and it just seems apparent that it is from the vaccine and those numbers are higher than the number of people who are dying from the actual disease, then I think it's time that that, that needs to be balanced out a little yeah. bit. Just I just keep thinking of Fight Club. Remember that where he talks about the the car insurance companies, whether or not they do a callback. No, and they're just like, so they're like overlooking this like this car crash that has like burnt dead people in it, and that and he's telling you how car companies will in deciding whether or not to do a recall, like if they know there's a problem with the car, they just weigh like how much out-of-court settlements will cost like to all the families of the dead people oh versus how much it would cost to do a callback. And if it's more expensive to do the, the callback, then they won't do it. They'll I just, don't know. They'll just do that's it. Good. I think that's actually true. That's so dirty. Yeah, so they'll just leave the cars out there and people die and then they'll oh just gosh. pay them off. Again, that was not uh, a fact that we found. That was from Fight Club. Yeah, it was Fight yeah. Club. <laughs> That's my reference. I not scholarly article, but it might be true. Yeah. Right. Did we cover all of Robert's questions? Uh, yeah. So it seems like that's where some things have gone wrong. Um, but I think we cover some more of that stuff in Adam's next question, too. Adam from Parrish, Florida. First off, thank you for tackling a topic that is so controversial right We're now. We're controversial. <laughs> Just ask Jim Carrey. Uh, there are so many questions to ask about vaccines. Let's just start with the obvious one. Is there any link to vaccines and autism or other neurocognitive disorders? Do they even work anymore? If they do, how do they work? If they do work and there is as purpose for them, why do we need to fill them with known toxins and heavy metals? Does that aid in the vaccines working? Would you vaccinate yourself? A lot of good questions there, Adam. Yeah, Adam always has good questions. Um, do a show on just on these questions. Yeah, and you know one thing is that uh, some of the aluminum, uh, mercury, it, it kind of helps that stay around longer. And um, I have heard people say that uh, the vaccination would not work long term without those in some cases for some of them. Now they have reduced and taken them out of a lot of them. Uh, it seems like the mercury is still in flu, flu shots though. Um, unless some of them are starting to take it out. But last I heard, they they were not on, on those specific ones. Uh, but there are some people that are saying, you know, there's this guy, uh, Dr. Paul Offit, who he seems like he's like the spokesperson for the pro-vaccine uh, side. And why wouldn't he be? Because it's my understanding that he was one of the founders of one of the vaccines. And if you're getting paid every time somebody vaccinates, then aren't you going to talk? Highly about it. Uh, But he wrote that aluminum is actually a healthy nutrient for babies. That's interesting. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Just crush up some foil and just. Yeah, just take some tin foil, put it in the bottle. Um, And the reason that this gets confusing is because if you consume aluminum, uh, the body will excrete it. 
But when you inject it, it's a totally different situation. It's kind of like a pot brownie versus smoking. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> really different. Okay. And we know this because I we've hear done the stories, research. <laughs> all sorts of stories. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there was a guy, uh, Professor Chris Shaw, a PhD. He's a neuroscientist. And he did a study on aluminum where he did it with rats and um, he had an understanding without the uh, aluminum that the vaccine doesn't give that long-term protection. But he did a, he tried to follow the amount of aluminum that was in the uh, schedule for the vaccinations in that size of amount for rats. And they saw major changes in not only how they acted, but then after the rats died, they dissected them and saw all this massive damage to motor neurons, similar to what you see in issues like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Um, So, you know, one of the big things about when we look at autism with vaccinations is that they've had all these studies that show that it doesn't cause autism. So they're like, okay, this is a, a fact now. And One issue is that some of the studies, it appears that they did vaccinations and placebos, but but the placebos just had the vaccination removed. They still had all of the... Oh, those dirty little cheaters. All of those, all the aluminum, all the preservatives, all the other chemicals and junk in there, but they took the vaccine out, so they called it a placebo. And then they say, well, see, both the same amount of kids had a reaction with a vaccine and without a vaccine. So it's obviously not the vaccines causing the problem. Wow. So um, that's that's tricky. <laughs> uh, but the other thing is that, especially with autism, and this is just my opinion, is that I really feel that it's a ma- it's a matter of what kind of minerals, resources, uh, resiliency does each kid have, because a lot of kids can take plenty of those toxins, metals, all those things, and be fine. And maybe they're just fine until they're 60. We don't really yeah, know. Yeah, you know, until everything shuts down because they can't keep like getting rid of it. Right, and, and over decades it causes all these problems because we know all of these issues, neurocognitive issues are on the rise. Um, so something has to be making that happen. And uh, But this is just... A theory that I have heard from a lot of people is that when the body doesn't have enough of these minerals and all these nutrients that are needed for signals to travel and for everything to function correctly, that the body will hold on to heavy metals more. But when there are enough minerals and everything else in the body, then the body starts to let go of those a little bit. Because we remember we've talked that we kind of felt like there was no exit strategy for heavy metals, but it appears now that they're seeing that there is. And when they do some studies with like hair analysis type stuff, um, when they look at heavy metal loads of autistic kids and non-autistic kids, uh, that when the heavy metals are high, that they can see heavy metals escaping through the hair um, from kids that are not autistic, but from the autistic kids, it doesn't seem to escape. So it seems that their bodies holding on to those things a little bit harder. So, you know, maybe the argument that vaccines are not causing autism is solid. Maybe it's really not the vaccines that's causing it, quote unquote. It's just the kid's inability to, for the body to remove some of those things that could be causing problems. And they also look at the fact that, well, some kids that weren't vaccinated at all still have autism. But we know that there's a lot of other issues in the environment that can uh, restrict the ability for signals to travel, that can cause heavy metal toxicity. There's a lot more than just vaccines. It's, it's all over the place. So there's a lot of things to look at when you look at autism. Do you have words to say about that? Yeah. I mean, I remember in that, that same documentary, they, they had a, his parents had a child who was vaccinated, and then he started getting all of these seizures, like almost constant like for a couple of weeks right after the vaccination and then through some genetic testing they found that he had this particular type of epilepsy that was it was triggered by like aggravating 
like a toxin. Stress, a stress. Yeah, and it, the vaccine was a stress. As we know, there are stresses on the immune system. That's what triggers it, antibody response. But other things could do it too, like like weird pesticides or right. e- even emotional stress or starvation. Like all these things could trigger epilepsy. And that was his first uh, epileptic episode where he started having all these seizures. But then later they found other things that would trigger it too. So whether it was the vaccine that pushed him over the edge or it was just the first like intense aggravator that it was exposed to. Um, you know, it would be unfair to blame the vaccine necessarily for causing it for sure in that case or being the entire problem. But it is obviously like, uh, you know, a toxic influence, just like you wouldn't necessarily want to be around a, you know, a waste dump, you know, it's, you know, we know it's bad. Um, and if we can minimize our exposure to those things or our need for exposure to those things, it'd probably be a healthier thing. Right. Like there are there are toxins and poisons in our society that a human could lick it and they would live. You know, they might not feel great, but it would be fine. It might cause a little bit of problems. But you wouldn't take that same poison to a baby who was not healthy and say, lick this. Yeah. That would be a problem. Right. And it's just, you know, and then I guess it all come, it comes down to further things like maybe this will get easier, too. It's like if there's genetic screening that they can do for kids before they get right. vaccinated. Like that that's the kind of thing they do. Like before you go into surgery, they look at your blood. Like are you able to like go under anesthesia right now? And hopefully as they develop technology and better understanding of genes and how vaccines interact with them, they'll be able to pre-screen kids to understand like is this a really high-risk vaccination for you or not? Like think we'll we'll develop that eventually right but back to adam's question you know one thing interesting about uh all the neurocognitive issues and autism is uh there, there was this guy in one of the um documentaries i watched uh john green and uh he's been practicing since 1975 and he's like in 1980 i saw a patient with autism and in early 1990 i saw another one who had autism and then I just got this flood. And since then, I've seen 2,100 patients with autism. Wow. So, you know, something is going on, and that doesn't mean that we know what it is, but it sure seems like when they're looking at the heavy metal issues and they're seeing it almost consistently, that we at least need to pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's important. And, you know, if you're looking at it for your kids, then... You know, one thing that I would say is, are there any signs that would give you indication that your kid may not have enough resources to deal with these issues? Like, after the birth, did did the mother go into postpartum depression or have all of these other low-resource issues? Um, and if that was the case, then you kind of got to view it as, if the mother is totally stripped now then maybe the kid was not getting every single thing that it needed. Maybe the resources are a little bit low. And this is certainly not a fact, but when you're looking at, okay, we have seen kids who have been absolutely destroyed by this. Do I want to destroy my kid or not? You know, I don't know how to even view it. It's kind of freaky. Well, if you'd like to learn how to become a health coach or even just dig into more advanced teachings for yourself or your family, go to healthprocourse.com to learn about Tony and Will's course for coaches. Registration for this course only opens to the public for about a week at a time, so be sure to register for the coach newsletter so you'll be notified when the next registration opens. You'll find more info at healthprocourse.com. And, you know, one thing Adam said was, like, would I vaccinate myself? So let's put myself in a position where, okay, pretend that I'm a baby Uh, born today and I get to decide for myself do I want to vaccinate I'm going to be no I'm good thanks but if it's my kid then that's a little different now it's a there's a little higher stake kind of thing and I don't know I mean you don't want to take any chances but then you have to think well chances on the other side yeah like what are they where are the better chances if it is a law what are you going to do are they going to come to your door and take you to jail because you didn't fact I mean what the what do they do I I think that uh, you know we'll get into more in part two episode two of you know what are some options and what can you do type of things but if I were to choose to do any of the vaccinations I would certainly want to spread it out further um, delay them as long as I could to allow 
the kid to get some resiliency and to build him up nutritionally Pop to do full of bone broth right yeah like, like you're getting vaccinated today okay four cups of bone broth <laughs> yeah, today yeah. um you know do any of the things that make sense um but as far as do i know yet i don't i don't know it's just freaky your baby's gonna drink bone broth instead of like food <laughs> for the first year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? You'll be sending bone broth to school with it. It'll be all gelatinous and stuff. He'll be like, "Where can I heat this up?" But not a microwave. Chris Cresser is a. Uh, <laughs> we know Chris Cresser. He's a good guy, and uh, he has a, a, a pregnancy and early childhood course, and he talks about using bone broth with kids all the time after they're done breastfeeding, breastfeeding after they're moving, starting to move past breastfeeding only that bone broth is a great thing to introduce initially. All right. Zachary from Huntington, West Virginia. It's all a conspiracy. They pump us with these harmless, in quotes, uh, vaccines. The next thing you know, we're all on welfare, collecting food stamps and so dependent on government cheese that we're just happy to be ruled over such a magical being. <laughs> so, I, and I don't think that we're that far on that side, on Zachary's side. Um, but you got to kind of wonder when you watch the flow of money and the, the billions of dollars, I mean, they look at the companies making 21 billion a year just from vaccines. That's, that's, I mean, think that if we just had 1 billion, if we just had 1 billion, we could pretty much make anything happen that we wanted to happen. And that's kind of what they're doing. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go this far, but I, I would definitely be... Weird. Like one of my favorite movies is Zeitgeist, and when you watch that, uh, you just yeah. you All just get like, oh my god, Zeitgeist! It's, it just like unearths everything about like the founding of the monetary system and like the brainwashing of religious systems and the whole the whole oh, and the way medical systems work. It just it's it's scary, but uh, so yeah, I I definitely understand Zachary's sort of like. Um, yeah, I don't, but I don't view it as like there's these people looking down, like laughing and pointing no. at us type of thing. But I do believe that the misinformation creates bad choices and bad policies, and then we have to kind of swim through it. But yeah, this does sound like a good movie that I would watch. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I write that but script. I, I mean, personally, though, like I do, I a lot of my best friends are are physicians, and I know they're really awesome people, and they're very smart. And they make a lot of good choices, and they help people. They save lives. So yeah, I, I'm not I'm not fully one way or the other on this. You know, I think it's more like like we were talking the pharmaceutical, and it's like some of them are not evil. I'm sure. You know, it's the people at the top that are making the money that don't really, you know, and they're probably not all evil. Maybe, but <laughs> okay. Let's go to the next question because this is probably the this this is probably the whole thing. All right. Donna from Sayreville, New Jersey. Sean Croxton just interviewed Steve Silberman on his book, Neuro Tribes, which goes into how autism has always been around and how we are seeing more of it due to flawed or over-reporting. I'm not sure I agree with that. I more agree with Dr. Mercola's interview with Dr. Stephanie Seneff, I hope I'm saying this name's right, about her hypothesis regarding aluminum adjuvated adjuvenated, whatever, vaccines. I don't think there will ever be an answer due to the number of lawsuits that would result from the government's recommendation and mandates to pump us with questionable vaccines. So think about this, and and this is what kind of happened, is that vaccine manufacturers kept getting sued from people that were being harmed by the vaccines, and they were paying out all this money, and they said, well, this is not profitable because we're paying out more money than we're making for the vaccines. So we're going to stop making vaccines. So then Congress stepped in and said, oh, we don't we don't want you to do that. So what we're going to do is we're going to make it a rule where nobody can sue the manufacturers for damage from vaccines. So now when you buy a vaccine, it's taxed and that tax goes into a pot and that pot is then used to pay people that are harmed from vaccines. And they've paid out, it's like 3 or $4 billion over the last so many years. So if you're paying out that many, you know that 
harm is coming from these situations. But here's the huge problem is that there's no motivation for the manufacturers of the vaccines to get it right, to make sure that nobody is going to be injured, to, um, to do the studies that would really show, okay, what, what's it doing? How many people are really benefiting? How many people are really harming? Uh, is that the best interest to us or do we need to adjust something? There's no motivation for that at all because the only way, because the way the laws are set up, that the money just comes in. There is no, I got to do this right. Or we'll get sued or pants yeah. off. Yeah, there's 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 no penalty. Yeah, it's t- I mean that's part of the because I mean, it's tough. You understand like okay, yeah, we do want our country to be free of epidemics and things like that. So you get why the government might try to protect the people and create this extra surplus fund to keep them going. But that's kind of the problem with privatized healthcare. Like you know if if it's if it's based around profit and that's how we run our system, you're going to have corrupt motives. Like it's, yeah. it's built into the structure. Right, and the, the pharmaceutical uh, industry has spent more money lobbying than any other industry, even oil and things like that. Mm-hmm. They, they spend more than anybody. Um, and I, I think that that's the problem. I think that you think about that we are never going to get these answers because if you look at all of the people who have either died or been harmed or injured, um, if it were to come out that, oh, yeah, we, that was, we did that, so we're not going to do that anymore, that's an unlimited number of lawsuits. Like, the only people that would have money anymore would be just the people who had kids injured by vaccines. And like, yeah. So it, that's never going to happen, but until they figure out a way to make somebody accountable for what they're manufacturing, then this system will be broken. I don't see how it could be fixed. Yeah, or like this whole revamp. Like in that movie, Zeitgeist, they talk about what would really be necessary is to step out of a monetary economy and be a resource-based one where there's... there's I'm trading you a chicken for, for moccasins? Not even that. It's like, it's basically, it seems like it's a socialist environment. But if you were, it's kind of like we a lot of people... Maybe, I don't know, it depends what part of the country you're in, but a lot of people in California are like, yeah, if we get money out of politics, that's a good thing, you know, because then people can make better choices and they're not swayed by these corporations. But then to say the same thing of healthcare, if we can get money out of healthcare, then people can make like better choices and, you know, we can just have resources supporting the health of the population. That's nice, right? But it's, it's like so mind blowing to say like money out of healthcare, like, no way, like, there's so much money in it and in politics that it seems like an insurmountable change that's actually necessary. And you also to- lose a lot of incentive, too, if you, like, take the money out of medical and stuff, too. Like, just even with doctors, think of all the money it takes them to go through school. Is it going to be worth it, well, all those the, hours? And Well, that's the problem. Like, Got to make money. That's the problem with schools being expensive. Yeah. And then when you look at... You know, like like in Europe, in Denmark, free education and stuff like that. I right. Mean, it's, it's like, oh, they have actually Denmark's very rich and uh-huh. healthy and they don't like pay for health care. Yeah. It's like it's more so. So I think in America we have this like we're so entrenched in what we've been used to uh-huh. that if we were to just take a flight over to Europe and like talk to some people, exactly. like it could be totally different and awesome. I don't know if we want to get into politics but it's a part of this this, we are in the next uh, part two we're going to get into some of that stuff we're going to have to wrap this up here (laughs) (laughs) but we're going to look at the comparison of our country to some other countries and we have some other really good questions um that have come up but uh like, I will say just one last thing. Like, Yo's from the Netherlands, and it's socialized over there, everything. And his biggest thing when he got here, he was like, wow, what are all these drug commercials? <laughs> like, every time there was a commercial, there was at least one drug commercial mm-hmm. in there. Sometimes more than that in every single commercial break. And I had become so desensitized, I didn't, you know. Yeah, and we yeah. also, Roku and stuff. But it's just like, you know, it's like... It's so weird to him because it's not they a big business over places, there. Yeah. It's like they just go to the doctor and everybody pitches in. And if you're poor, you still get to go. And people don't die, you know, from <laughs> stupid stuff over there not having enough money, you know. Yeah. Right. And, and I can remember when they legalized the allowing pharmaceutical companies to start doing marketing on TV and stuff. And it was, a, you know, for a long time, they just wasn't allowed. 
And man, to get back to that would be something. Yeah, that and food. If they could take away all that, the food, the fast food, you know, oh, things right. like McDonald's and all those, and the we would probably be a lot healthier. Okay, so we'll dig into more of that uh, next week for part two. Uh, don't forget that if you won, um, to go to kickitnaturally.com and click on Contact Us and uh, send us an email so we can send you some fabulous prizes. And thank you so much for everybody who left us a review at iTunes. Uh, that really helps us out a lot. Yeah, and if you didn't win but you want to win something, today all of our listeners can get a free audiobook from audible.com. Just go to kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook for the details. All right. Episode 100 in Episode the book. Episode 100, done. If you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any of Tony's books or take the almost free four-week digestion course at kickitnaturally.com, or you can head on over to Will Schmidt's mybodyofknowledge.net page. He's got a lot of great uh, info on there, blogs, exercises, stuff Woo-hoo. like that. All right, part two next week, Congratulations to the winner. See you then. Bye. Learn more about today's topic by becoming a KIY member and gain access to our members-only podcast episodes. That's where we dig deeper into each topic and share the secrets that help our clients and coaches see such amazing results. You'll also gain access to our private support group where you can ask us questions when you get stuck. It's only $9 a month and you get free shipping at naturalreference.com, which can save you like $9 a month. So do the math and join the Kick It Yourself KIY gang. Go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash K-I-Y and we'll see you on the inside.